Radio Magazine with radio news from a national perspective, quality and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educate, syncopate, radio communicate, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, hello and welcome to All Things Radio 647 for what is this, September the 29th. Uh, 2022, and here we are. I'm back this week. I was in uh, southern, what do you call it, someplace in Michigan, right over the border uh, last Thursday night. Um, But I'm back this week. Had a a long weekend going places, but we're back and we're ready to go. And for all my friends interested, I don't know too much about our home in Naples. And it's you always get concerned about that. You just never know. But it's what it's going to be. It's going to be. There's not much I can do about it now. We can do all the prep we want. And we'll just have to see how it comes out. All right, Jeff, we'll give you if you can give us some positive news. Oh, I think we do have some positive news. Well, first of all, this week we'll start things off with our radio news from a national perspective, and we'll follow that up with Jennifer Sparks calling our in format changes. Next, we're traveling to Boston, Massachusetts, and we're going to hear WMEX from September 20, uh, September 30th, I believe it is, 1964. We're going to hear Melvin, and there's a little story behind that. We'll talk about that just before we get the air check going. Finally, our featured station, and oh, then we've got our, I'm sorry, I know I'm screwed up the order, but don't worry about that. Just do it in the right order, Bill. We've got a feature on Denny Matthews, who was an announcer and still is an announcer in Kansas City for the Royals. He started with the Royals back in 1969. Finally, uh, we've got our featured station, and I told you we were going to do a two-part feature on Alaska since my stepdaughter lives out in out in Alaska. But we're first going to start in Anchorage, Alaska, and listen to radio station KYMG-FM, and next week we'll travel to Fairbanks, Alaska. So all in all, we have a pretty good show, a pretty busy show, and I think that we're going to be entertaining you for the next few uh, next hour and a half or so. So over to you, Bill. Yeah, I think we got it pretty busy. Actually... Bernie, I have a lack of news this week since I've been concerned with Southwest Florida and and my travels or whatever. I've noticed nothing changed while I was gone or no big nothing no, coming no, from Emma. Sure yeah, no, we didn't want anything to get in the way. No. Right. So you you held off any any changes. I noticed is maybe it's my imagination or and it probably is because who knows if I'm too stable. But 1070 <laughs> sounded a little bit better. Actually, it sounds like it's coming in a little better. Or I've learned to adjust my radio or I'm used to it. So I'm just wondering when that sale's going to be. No, I never listened. I, I made a vow never to listen. 
So. <laughs> you, you're not impressed by that That's network right. radio that they pick up from the satellite? You could listen to pure ESP and nobody else likes it, so why should you? So, what, the, what do they got, the BetQL network? Is that what they, they're running? No. Uh, ESPN. Oh, ESPN. Well, I do have some. Uh, it just came in a bulletin, just came in as I was as you guys were talking in Radio 790 on, in Miami, Radio 790 WA, it was a WAXY 790. XY. Is changing, yep. and they're going to they've dropped. They're going to be dropping sports, and they're going to they're going to a Spanish conservative talk format. Can't tell you, I haven't read the oh, whole great. article. Great. I, haven't, I, I haven't. Well, down there, it would d- definitely do very well. I know why they're doing it, but, exactly. but, but because because the, because uh, Univision was selling their stations in Miami to to another company that's going to be doing uh, that is is not conservative and is liberal. Yeah. So they know that they're going to be deaf. Definitely having an audience with that with that particular with that particular format. I'll tell you more next week when I when I get to read the full article on it. But it just came in over the uh, oh, and we just got Sp- another in Spanish. They could say anything they wanted to in Spanish, and whether it's conservative, liberal, right? Whatever, nobody I wouldn't, understand I wouldn't understand a word of it. So we do have yeah, another bulletin. Yeah, we do have another bulletin that just came in. I've been watching this sale over the summer. Uh, WAVV 101.1 in Naples was sold to Fort Myers Broadcasting for $8 million. One station for $8 million. It's a very popular station as a strong signal. Anyway... The deal just closed last week, last mm. Thursday or Friday. So along comes the, what is it, the hurricane called this time? Ian. 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 Well, it destroyed their studio and effectively took 101.1 off of the air. So there just goes $8 million up in part of the, the victim of the hurricane. Down in water rather than up in smoke, yeah. Up instead of up in yep. smoke. You know, you've heard of fire and insurance. And there's very few people in Florida that really have flood insurance because it's so expensive. I mean, who, you know, if I was going to spend $8 million on a station, I might... The one that I found, Bill, that was doing some coverage yesterday in Fort Myers was 92.5, and all they did, they really didn't do their own. They joined uh, the TV station, uh, WINK. So, really, you got the TV the TV coverage. Chris, you might remember, what was the name of that storm that hit Panama City, Florida a few years ago? I don't remember the name of it. But Michael? Michael. Michael. Michael that, that decimated a, a radio station that was owned, was owned by Powell Broadcasting initially. And they went off the air, and it, they, 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 they did finally come back on the air. However, they didn't come back on. They came back on with new owners at some point. Yeah, the, Michael was one of the stronger ones, and it, that was the one up in the uh, panhandle. And then another one they're comparing it to was, uh, was Hurricane Charlie. And, of course, in 2004, there were, I think, three different hurricanes or something that came through Florida. So that was the one that they was, it reminded one, them the yeah, pattern of Charlie. Yeah, this one took basically the same track as Charlie did with, you know, within maybe... 10, 15 miles? Yeah. Like that. Right, so, we, so those hurricanes see. hit Stewart, Florida. I remember that specifically because that's where the Braille, uh, there used to be a Braille production place there. So, uh, you know, that, that was kind of strange to have two hurricanes hit the same town, uh, you know, ravage the same town in the same year. Well, why don't we do our radio news? So I, uh, 
Oh, I, I listened to uh, WFLA yesterday. Yeah, me too. Uh, Nine seven. Yeah. And, and I, but I don't know any news stations in Orlando. Um, Five eighty, maybe weren't they? Is that ESPN, but WDBO AM. They had an FM for a while, but I think weren't they at what ninety six Seven? What were they? When there was a shooting at that nightclub, when I woke up that Sunday morning and heard about it, I found, uh, I think it was DBO that I found in Orlando, and they were covering it, of course. And 740, I don't even know, are they ASPN? I got that. They were doing TV coverage from WFTV. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lionel. Thank you, Lionel. So Lionel's on it. He knows... This kind of stuff. Wow. Oh, no. Right. I'm taking care of it, Bill. Okay. All right. Um, so, anyway, in the meantime, we will do the award winning news. But I will tell you in Florida before we hit the button here that most of the radio stations team up with the TV station and now they've even got yeah. more competition because you can go to YouTube and you can type in the call letters of that TV or station or whatever and you can watch it and listen to it right there on YouTube yep. so there's just another competition for radio and the audio is good and the commercials are even better zero <laughs> I think a lot of I think a lot of um entities like using that YouTube option a it's not real it's not real expensive for them to do it and it, you're everywhere you're you know you just add one more instead of streaming you just add one more entity to where people can can watch they're watching and you can the listeners can participate so it'd be like here if we did this they'd take a look at Jeff and I and they'd go yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Jeff's fourth book coming out on how to keep your th- things. What was that There's book on, phone Jeff? call asking how your house is, Bill. Yeah, yeah probably, that's, that's probably... Why don't we do that radio? Why don't we do that radio? I'm Jeff and for all things radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. An overnight newscaster is murdered at radio station WWJAM, and in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Odyssey makes changes to the on-air lineup at radio station WPHTAM. Finally, we'll let you know what's happening on the street. It was yet another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and shocking news came out of Detroit, Michigan, at radio station WWJAM, which is owned and operated by Odyssey. The station programs an all-news format. It all started this past Thursday when we heard about the murder of all-night news anchor Jim Matthews at radio station WWJAM in Detroit, Michigan. We don't know much about why the murder occurred. However, the murder was described as a domestic incident. 54-year-old Arthur Williamson was charged with first-degree murder and imprisonment of Jim Matthews' girlfriend and her children. We don't know much more, and we'll let you know more about this story as it unfolds in future All Things Radio live broadcasts. In other news, let's move our microphones to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where Odyssey is making changes to its on-air lineup with the new morning show at radio station WPHTAM. Nick Kale will be hosting mornings at radio station WPHT AM and Rich Zieli will host afternoons at WPHT as well. Nick Kale comes to this radio station after working for the sports fanatic WPEN FM which is owned and operated by Beasley Media. Now the WPHT schedule is as follows. 
After the morning show, Dawn Stenslin will air 10 to noon, followed by Dom Giordano, who will air noon to 2, and Rich Stenslin, who will air 2 to 6. This means that radio station WDPHC will be live and local Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. And what of Sean Hannity? Sean Hannity's show, which aired in the afternoons on radio station WDPHC AM, has been canceled. Now let's move back to Detroit, Michigan, where WDWJ AM is revamping its news anchor lineup. Jackie Page, who had been co-hosting afternoons at the radio station, will be moving to mornings. She'll be working with John Carlson. Here's how the new schedule works out. The Newsday morning will start at 5 a.m. with John Carlson. And at 7 a.m., John Carlson will be joined by Jackie Page, and they'll work together till 10 a.m. And from 10 a.m. till noon, Jackie Page will work solo. Now let's take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. In San Francisco, California, Odyssey has extended its contract to cover the Golden State Warrior basketball games on radio station KGMZ-FM. As part of its contract renewal, KGMZ will produce half-hour pre- and post-game shows for the San Francisco Warriors. In other sports news, it's moving day for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been on WFLA AM in Tampa, Florida, which is owned and operated by iHeartMedia for many, many years. However, that's all going to change as the Tampa Bay Lightning have found a new home on the Cox Media owned and operated radio station WHBT-FM in Tampa, Florida, which programs a hot talk format. Now let's move to San Antonio, Texas, where Univision has made changes to the radio landscape at radio station KMYO-FM. The station has dropped its Latin mix format in favor of a Spanish contemporary format. The station is called Amore 95.1. Now let's move to Denver, Colorado, where Sandy Klo has decided to retire from radio station KKFN-FM. The station broadcasts in all sports format. Sandy Klo has been with the radio station for 25 years. In Memphis, Tennessee, say goodbye to a local morning show on radio station WEGR-FM, which programs a classic rock format. Mornings on this radio station will now be hosted by Josh Innes, and the Josh Innes show is based at radio station WNRQ-FM in Nashville, Tennessee. In other news, Town Square Media has a syndicated classic hits show called The Night Shift, which, since 2019, has been hosted by Craig Allen. However, Craig Allen has left the show, and the new show host is James Rabe. James Rabe is the brand manager for the cluster that Town Square Media owns in Rochester, Minnesota, and he hosts mornings at radio station KYBA in Rochester, Minnesota, as well. Congratulations go out to James Kurgiel, who's the new brand manager for classic rock radio stations owned and operated by Cumulus. James Kurgiel is also the current program director at radio station KQRS-FM in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have a little extra time, so why don't we take a look at those personal people meter ratings for Austin, Texas and Indianapolis, Indiana. In Austin, Texas, the number one ranked radio station is KBPA-FM with an adult hits format. The number two ranked radio station is KKMJ-FM with an adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three ranked radio station in Austin, Texas is KUT-FM with a news talk format. And in Indianapolis, Indiana, the number one rank radio station is WJJK-FM with the classic hits format. The number two rank radio station is WIBC-FM with a news talk format. And finally, the number three rank radio station in Indianapolis, Indiana is WFMS-FM with a country format. According to those media monitors, here are the top commercials you heard on the radio this past week. Number one was Progressive Insurance, followed by Indeed, Zip Recruiter, Swiffer, and Lowe's Home Improvement Centers. Finally, according to those domain insiders, there might be a format change in Dallas, Texas, and a name change for a radio station in Phoenix, Arizona. In Dallas, Texas, it looks like The Rock will be leaving radio station KEGL-FM as soon as this Friday. The station is dropping its rock format in favor of a hot talk format. And in Phoenix, Arizona, one of radio's longest slogans is disappearing, according to Domain Insights. The station is Cool FM on 94.5, and a new slogan is being designed for this radio station. We'll let you know more about this in a future All Things Radio live broadcast as well. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 
800-693-0595 and hit option two for the podcast team. For all things radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. And I can give you Thank an update you. on that station in, uh, in Arizona. Sorry, Bill. Go ahead. No, you guys, I was just going to thank you and remind you that we've got a hand raised after uh, we, you. Well, I'm on it right now. And I'm going to ask you to unmute Lionel. And the, uh, the, the update is here is that Cool is no longer in Phoenix. It's 94.5, big 94.5 FM. I've done, a, I've done a recording of them, and we'll feature them not next week, but the week after next week. So we've got that all in the can. Go ahead, Lionel. Can you unmute yourself, please? Yep, all in the can. And one other uh, one in Arizona... Um, Tucson in particular, uh, they got rid of that My 97.1, now it's the Mega 97.1 KMMA, which is their call letters now. They changed them. Yeah, we mentioned week, that so. We mentioned that in last week's news. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't heard it yet, so I hope it sounds pretty good. I hope they... they the it, it, I can tell you what it is, and I haven't recorded it yet. I probably I, I normally don't do that, those too much, but it is going to be a Latin bilingual format of Latin hits music, and I don't know much more about that, but I know it is supposed to be bilingual. That's all I can tell you, Lionel. Yeah, a lot of stations are like that, like Univision with uh, 96.3 in L.A. and uh, Cali, of course. They did pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, one, one, one thing I wanted to bring up really quick I didn't get to mention last week um, to all of you guys. You All of you cross your fingers and your toes, and you'll love this, Jeff. I'm actually studying for my uh, technician license to become a ham operator, uh, on the eighth, um, I'm going to be taking the exam. Good luck, because oh, I've seen I've seen your posts on the blind yeah. hands list, uh, Lionel. So good yeah. luck to you good on luck. that. I'm excited about it. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you, Lionel. All right. And now I've heard a couple of different things at the station in Dallas. I've heard hot talk, and I've also heard sports. No, they're going to be. They're they're gonna, it's going to be a hot talk format, and they're going to call themselves the Freak. The freak, yeah, because they the eagle does something called the freaker's ball, and that way they can still keep it. I know Ben and Skin are staying, and I know they're staying. Oh, is that the station where the where the, uh, where the uh, Mavericks, Mavericks are? are. Yes. Yeah, yes. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that they've had a lot of problems with that radio station. They have never done well with that radio station on ninety seven point one, and I don't think that the hot talk format is going to do any much better for them. But that's just my opinion. I'm not. Well, it's the right the right the time thing to about start that station is starting in a couple of weeks. Signal. I mean, they have they're sitting great throughout there, so yeah, they should be doing better than they have been. Yeah, and and they're they're timing it right because they're going to start when the season starts. So they'll be you know if they're going to do it. I mean, we don't know if they're going to do it, but if they're going to get anywhere, that'd be how to do it. Well, we'll find out tomorrow because that's that's the date that's supposed to happen. That's why I never really say you never know. I mean, these domain insights, a lot of times they're right. And the guy I follow is, is normally right on when it comes to these things. However, you just don't know. That's that's the issue. So if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, well, you know, what can I say? But that's that. But we do know that the ninety four point five in, in Phoenix is has done it because I've heard them already. Unfortunately, it's too bad that I, I don't have an air checks of the old format that used to be on 916 Phoenix uh, K-O-O-L-A-M, which was Cool Gold, which specialized in music from the 50s and early 60s when they were satellite-delivered format, but it came out of Phoenix, and they never took, they never played records above 1963 in this particular format. But I don't have cool. a call. Yeah, we had, we had them in San Antonio in the late 80s for a yeah. couple of years. But I, unfortunately, I, I don't have any air checks of them, and I'm going to try to find them and see if they exist now. But I, I, I listened to them out on Long Island. I think they, they were on WRCQ FM and AM, I should say, in Hartford, Connecticut. But uh, that, that you're right, Sean. That was in the uh, about '85, '87, or '88 was when I got to hear them. So that's yeah. Right. We heard it '89 to about '91 in San Antonio. We had them in the '91. Yeah, we had them. 
So they were not a bad format. Um, I knew they wouldn't make any money. I knew they wouldn't do well after a while, but I still thought it was an interesting format to say the least. Yeah. All right, Bill. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the question. Oh. Sorry, my microphone was down. I thought it was up. <laughs> I was getting ready to hit the I was getting ready to hit the master mute button. Say uh-huh. I can't get the attention. I will now. But what was how let me see if I can answer this right. A format change that would have happened that maybe would happen but didn't happen and it turned out okay. Have you ever seen a near miss on a format change where a station intended to flip or maybe this is more behind the scenes and it really didn't something happen and it didn't happen and then the station was recovered? Well, wasn't that whole KHJ kind of a thing like that where they jumped in early to get started and we happened to get an air check from a, a guy on our system today, so that makes me think of it. They jumped in earlier. They were going to get started in early May, but they jumped in early because they heard it was a KRLA was going to try to call themselves Boss Radio or something like that, Jeff? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, the earliest air checks up KHA is when they were doing Boss Radio, but it was a sneak pre- preview thing, and they yes. had the Million Dollar Weekend. And I do have a whole bunch of air checks of uh, KHA from back then, Roger Christian and and, uh, and this and, was from the Tuesday night, and we don't know exactly whether it was the start of the hour because it kind of comes in the middle of the hour. So maybe somebody said, "Hey, they're doing this. Let me record it," and they didn't get the big top of the hour. But it was like eight o'clock on Tuesday night, the twenty seventh of uh, April in in '65, uh, and they were supposed to start, I think, after they did their million dollar weekend that they were going to start on Friday. Which, interestingly up. enough, they were going to do fifty through sixty four. They were going to go all the way back to fifty. They start, but they started before them because I have an air check of yeah. Roger Christian on April 27th, and I believe that was a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. But I 28th was a Wednesday, the 27th, but they mentioned he's going to be on the next day at 9 o'clock. So the 27th was Tuesday. So they started on Tuesday night at least that early, and then when, on the 28th he was on at 9 in the morning. Uh, I have an air check of yeah. some of that. I'm, 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 when April rolls around, we might do a little bit of that stuff, Chris. So yeah. I do have and, that. So, but I think that KROA was going to do something uh, to upstage them, and they they you know jumped ahead of them. Oh. Kind of what I was thinking, what Bill more what Bill's talking about. The closest I can think of is remember the WSM thing. What was it? New Year's oh, yeah. two thousand one when they flipped to ES. When they actually did flip to ESPN, and they had the protest. Charlie Daniels and all them led that protest and. They were about. They were flipping, and so they said, "No, no, okay, we're staying as WFM now." Has that helped them really in the long run? I mean, they're not really doing that well, but you know. Uh, but they're still WQM, on the air. WQAM. Oh, WQAM. Or had cool gold, Go ahead, Mike. But, but it didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. If you got another twenty-one years out of what you did, you did the right thing. I mean, uh, yes, sorry yeah. for your your niche. You know. <laughs> well, what about 21 years? Well, we don't have 21 years of Jennifer's call it our format changes, but we have almost no, sometimes 14. Sometimes they're, they're long and sometimes they're short, but they've never been 21 years. No, but we but no. we do have it now because it's uh, and, and and it will be 14 years in uh, in March. So uh, that, that's all I can right. say. I'll turn it over to you, Bill. All right, Jeff, and here she goes. She's fresh back. She didn't go with me to Michigan, so she's had more rest than me. She she, can, she rested up from from a, from, from me you. probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's more accurate, Chris. Here we go. 
Hello everyone, I'm Jennifer Sparks and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of September 29th. KQCH FM 94.1 Omaha, Nebraska changes format from rhythmic CHR to CHR. KFOY AM 1060 Sparks, Nevada changes slogan from America Matters to Radio America. KKCD FM 105.9 Omaha, Nebraska changes slogan from CD 105.9 to Classic Rock 105.9. KLAK FM 97.5 Tom Bean, Texas changes slogan from 97.5 KLAK to 97 7.5 K Lake WBFG FM 96.5 Parker's Crossroads Tennessee changes slogan from ESPN Radio to News Talk West Tennessee KPJP FM 89.3 Greenville California changes format from silent to religious teaching WPPA AM 1360 Pottsville, Pennsylvania changes slogan from WPPA 1066 FM AM 1360 to A106 WSUP FM 90.5 Plattsville, Wisconsin changes format from silent to modern alternative rock. KRDU AM 1130 Danuba, California changes slogan from KRDU 1130 AM to Fresno's Christian Radio. WQDK FM 99.3 Gatesville, North Carolina changes slogan from 99.3 The Bull to Good News Network. KZLM FM 107.9 Lewistown, Montana changes format from silent to religious teaching. And those are your call letter and format changes for this week. For All Things Radio, I'm Jennifer Sparks, wishing all of you a good week. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Um, really appreciate that. When do you oh, are you related to the founders of Sparks, Nevada? Oh, yeah. we I founded that one and came back here. Yeah, and as, yeah. We, as, and as we said uh, next week, we now I, it may not even be next week, Chris, when they, when those get in. But they, at some point, we'll see how many radio stations are silent. In the, it, you know, uh, normally you uh, like Lance Vento, but some of the other publications ought to start talking about that immediately. Now, one of the publications that I subscribed to to get radio news was delayed uh, because he is based in Fort Myers, Florida, so he didn't have a chance to get his stuff out because probably there wasn't any power or whatever. So, but he did get his his posts out starting later on in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably going to take till tomorrow. You know, this is like the first. It's going to take a couple of days for people to figure out what's going on. Let alone, uh, you know, get get any word out to anybody. Yeah, they're just worried about essentials. Yeah. So well, that's that's what about, they're looking for. Tell us about Denny Matthews because uh, I've never heard of him. Well, I'm not a sports person, so I, when I say I've never heard of him. Well, all right. Well, the Kansas City Royals came into existence in 1969. They had been an exp- they were expansion team. There were four expansion teams that year, and they were one of them. And Denny Matthews was a new kid on the block. He was on, in there with Buddy Blattner. 
Buddy Blattner had done uh, games of the week on national TV. He'd been with the Angels. He'd been with the Cardinals before that. So people in the Midwest were kind of familiar with his voice. And here's this new kid, Denny Matthews, that uh, comes in and you know does like three innings a game or whatever. And and uh, people took to him. And uh, Buddy Blattner uh, was there. Then uh, he retired. And he became the voice of the Royals, working with a guy named um, what was his name? White. I can't think. Fred, of Fred, Fred White. White. Fred White. Fred White, who was very good. I like. I think Denny Matthews is kind of a boring announcer. We were kidding about him when the Royals were making the postseason in 14 and 15 that we weren't going to listen to him very much. But, I mean, you appreciate his longevity. People like him. He sounds like a nice guy, but he doesn't have much of an exciting voice or anything of that sort. But, you know, they, they love him in Kansas City. Okay, one question, and I, I know it sounds stupid, but tell me about the Kansas City. Wasn't there a, a team in Kansas City? Kansas, was there a Kansas City Athletics? Yes, um, yes they were. So what happened was the A's, have moved three. The A's and the Braves have moved three times. The A's uh, started in Philadelphia, and then in 1955 they went to Kansas City, and they were there through 68, uh, 67. Uh, wait a minute, 68. I guess yeah. Uh, maybe they left in 67. Yes, they did. They were there through 67. They went to Oakland, and they're the Oakland A's. And then there was no team in Kansas City for 68, and they were. A's had never been good in Kansas City. Charlie Finley bought them, and they were just starting. It's really too bad. Some of the fans there, I'm sure, are resentful because some guys were starting to play for them, like Reggie Jackson, and some of those guys were starting to get there, Blue Moon Odom and, and Catfish Hunter and all those guys. But they then hit their stride when they got to Oakland in the early 70s. But it took them a few years to get good. So Kansas City just saw the, the beginnings of those guys. But then they had no team in 68. Then the four teams came in, Kansas City, uh, and um, Seattle Pilots came into the American League, who then became the Milwaukee Brewers the next year. And that's when Bob Euchre got his start. He's the next announcer on the list behind Denny Matthews, who's the dean of announcers. And then in the National League, we had San Diego Padres and the Montreal Expos. Ah, very good. Because of the Montreal Expos, I remember, because they don't play there anymore, but they used to first they first played in a place called Jerry Park, if I'm not mistaken. They did, and they were on short wave. You could hear them on CFCF, during, at least during the day around here. And yeah. As a matter of fact, one of the guys that they had, Russ Van Horn, was one yep. of their announcers, and Duke Snyder was another one of their... Of their uh, was yep. there, was Dave, Van Horn. Dave, Dave Van, Dave Van Horn. Horn. Dave Van Horn, and, and Duke Snyder was a color commentator. Yeah, at one point he was. That's now, right. I'm not, now, but don't, don't say that too loud, Chris, because I'm not really supposed to know this stuff. You know that. And, so, right. and of course, uh, Dave Van Horn was, before this year, kind of... Um, let go, if you will, by the Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he and Denny Matthews were tied at that point for the top because they started the same day, you know, in, in 69 when the two expansion teams started. And they and Dave uh, was gone at the end of uh, last year, as Perry said. So one little tip here, Chris. You're going to like Denny because he is a big hockey fan. Okay. So he can't be too bad for no, you. No, no, I'm not. I bet. Okay. So he can't be too bad for no, you. No, no, I'm not. I bet he's a great guy. I've heard yeah. interviews with him when they, when he was going to get the. He has has gotten the Ford Frick Award for the uh, Broadcast Hall of Fame, and when he was getting ready to do that, I heard a nice interview with him on Sirius XM on the. Uh, or not XM at that time on the uh, baseball channel. So, no, he did sound like a very nice guy. Right. So we're going to feature from in the. In, upcoming weeks will feature more of these broadcast icons I call it the legends and it yeah. might be an NFL announcer it might be a basketball announcer it might be our own and I've done I think some of these before but after 14 15 years they all you know but here we go with 
the announcers here on the side aren't the greatest interview people I've ever heard, but that's okay. They're trying. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Well, it's one, two, three, strike. You're out at the old ball game. Nobody's taking anybody to the ball game today, tomorrow, or anytime soon because of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Opening day for the Royals was scheduled for Thursday in Chicago against the White Sox with a home opener at Kauffman Stadium next week. But that doesn't mean we can't talk baseball on Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. And so we will with play-by-play man Denny Matthews, who will begin his 52nd year in the booth for the Royals. 52 years. That is all of the Royals' years. Denny was on the call for the franchise's first game in 1969, and he's been behind the mic for the biggest moments in franchise history. On Wednesday from his home, Denny spoke with star columnist Vahe Gregorian and myself, Blair Kirkhoff, on many topics, starting with the delayed season. We chatted about Denny's love of ice hockey, his passion for baseball, and stay tuned for what probably is my favorite call of his career. You know, we didn't ask him about his. We should have. But I love this call of the final out of the 2014 American League Championship Series when the Royals clinched at home against the Baltimore Orioles. So here we go with Denny Matthews, with Vahe Gregorian, and me. We could start with this thought, Denny, because it, it really struck me yet the last time I saw you was really only about, I want to say, three weeks ago in Surprise. And we were, uh, I think, both chatting with a couple of young men from that were out there with the Kansas City Urban Youth Academy. And um, and we started chatting, and, and it was fresh after the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl. And I think you brought up the point to me that sometimes you think things are just meant to be, and as it was with the 2015 Royals and, and the Chiefs. And then all of a sudden... This coronavirus thing seems meant to be, and I, I don't, I don't know how you've processed that sudden change. But I, but I thought we'd start there, just to ask you what what it felt like when you started understanding what what the consequence was going to be. Well, first and foremost, I thought that uh, spring training was a little strange at the beginning. It was earlier than ever, and uh, as you guys know, baseball has its own seasonal routines and rhythms and schedules, obviously, but this spring just seemed it seemed different. The early start, the weather in Arizona wasn't quite as, as nice and warm as it usually is, more rain than usual. Uh, the open season date, which would be tomorrow in Chicago, Chicago of all places, good luck, and then in Detroit, and that just seemed a little skewed and, and strange. So, yeah, the whole thing just seemed out of kilter for me. And uh, and all of a sudden now everybody's breaking camp and heading everywhere in the country. And uh, it just seemed like the end of the season. And then it all of a sudden lapsed into what for me is kind of a typical off-season. This just is an extension of the off-season in a sense with a nice three-week stay in Arizona. But, um, yeah, everything 
taxes or something. So, Denny, how are you spending these days? It, it is like the off-season, but, but different in that you've um, we still have a season to play. Um, how are you? How are you handling the the downtime? Well, as I said, Brad, it's just kind of an extension of, of the off season, and I'm never bored. I've got plenty of things to do around around home, and uh, I was clever enough, unknowingly, and I do this all the time. And I, as you guys probably know, I'm a hockey fan, and I have the hockey package, and I record one or two games every night with no hope of ever watching all of them. And uh, all of a sudden, I've got about 36 hockey games on my on my grid. I don't know what the outcome of the games were. So, hey, everybody's bemoaning the lack of sports, and me too. But, hey, I've got 34, 35, 36 hockey games that I can watch every night if I want to. So I've got that going. Uh, typical off-season things. Uh, a couple of rooms need to be straightened up. There are books and magazines that I haven't read that I'd like to get to. Uh, a couple of TV shows of long ago, Boston Legal and Northern Exposure, I purchased the entire seasons of those on DVD, and I just started to get into those. And again, it was like the hockey. I don't know when I was going to ever watch them, but now it's a good excuse, and I'm not going to go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's different, but it's uh, kind of an extension of the offseason. Denny, uh, it occurs to me um, on Twitter, our friend Joe Buck has been having some fun soliciting people uh, to send them videos that he'll do play-by-play for. I wonder if you're doing anything uh, in particular to keep your play-by-play sharp, uh, anything around the house or, or anything like that that you're working on? Well, I do place exercises, of course, every morning. <laughs> I know I really. Um, I know some guys that do, and it's probably pretty healthy and a pretty good idea, but uh, I just caught up. I had some of the baseball annuals that uh, I pick up every every spring, and I, I'm going through those, and I'm obviously keeping track of what's going on. Nobody knows when things might break, when spring training will open again, where it will open, what they'll do, how they'll handle it, what the schedule will look like, what the regular season schedule will look like. It's a big question mark right now, and I suppose everybody has some idea of what would be the best way to go about it, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. We're we're on the verge of what would have been opening day, and and a, a couple of things come to mind because of that. I, I I wonder over the years what what opening day has come to mean to you. What what you usually feel like it stands for or symbolizes, and how how excited it it, it still might make you, Danny. Yeah, I love opening day. It's uh, one of my favorite days of the year, obviously. And I remember first opening day in '69, and I was about to do my first major league broadcast with Buddy Blattner and it was the same feeling that you get when you're playing uh, I think football I, I was lucky enough to play football baseball in college and there's a little bit of a difference in the feeling that you have going into a football game versus a baseball game but I equated it with how I felt when I was playing football because you're a little more revved up you're a little more emotional excited uh, the butterflies are everywhere and always a day of renewal and hope and you're undefeated at that point in time. Everybody's going to have a good year and uh, it's just a great day. It's turned into a kind of a civic celebration here in town which I think is wonderful and I remember back in, I'm going to say the maybe late 
it just it was okay, but it didn't have the same feeling because I think people like to get out of work and go to a big day game and you can make excuses or sometimes you don't have to depending on your boss and it's just a challenge to get out to the ballpark and there's a, an excitement and a buzz in the air an hour and a half before first pitch. So yeah, opening, opening day is hard to beat. And Denny, um, I know these have, these examples are in the um, you know long ago, but this isn't the first time that baseball hasn't um, that it's missed its opening day and or missed time because of work stoppages and lockouts and nine eleven. There have been other examples of baseball having to um, to interrupt the season being interrupted. I'm wondering if this feels different or if there's a different sense about this stoppage. such a part of your life and and uh i i assume that um that, that you recorded all those hockey games uh that that's that's part of what's going to be your good decisions to get through these these weeks um but i'm interested I, I i don't know the history of why you're still playing hockey why you still love hockey i i, I well that, that will be a diversion for you to watch uh, i don't imagine you'll be playing in the weeks to come but didn't you just come out of another winter of playing i played some but uh again nobody ever accused me of being smart but it is great exercise. You meet really good people, and we have an interesting core of guys and ladies, by the way, who play, and they're very good. The ladies are good, and they have fun. It's uh, it's just a, an hour, hour and a half of great exercise. You're working out, but you're not in a, a gym with a treadmill and how boring, you know, oh my gosh, I, how can I get through this? But all of a sudden, you've had a great workout, and you sweat like and uh, and it's just fun. It's just a. Uh, I've tried almost every sport you can think of, and I think hockey is so different. I think because you're on a different surface. Uh, normally you're on land, running, jogging, walking. You're playing golf, but hockey you're you're just flying along, and it's just a totally different feel. And it's a hard game to play. I mean, the, number one, you got to be able to skate halfway decent, and then and eye coordination and to figure out where everybody is on the ice and who's coming at you and who's open for a pass. And it's really, it's, it's not like baseball where you can stand there at second base and think about what am I going to do if the ball's hit to me. Hockey, you're just reacting. I mean, you better, and you better make good decisions. So it's a totally different sport and, uh, and just a lot of fun. And there's so many factors that go into why I got into hockey and I didn't even learn how to skate until I was, I don't know, 16 or 17 or 18 years old, which you're way behind all the other guys who start when they're three and four, but uh, eventually you get to the point where you can make it from one end to the other, and it's uh, just a lot of fun. 
Were you going to go to a Blackhawks game this weekend if uh, if you guys had been up in Chicago? Tonight. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we were going to go tonight. I, I have a very good friend, two, of, two very good friends with the Blackhawks, Jay Blunk being the best friend because I was all the way through kindergarten, grade school, and high school with his mother in Bloomington, Illinois. So uh, I've known Jay since he was a little tyke, and I used to come up to Comiskey Park, and I'd get them tickets to the Royals and the White Sox, and we've had a great relationship all through the years. And, uh, and Jay has always been very, very, very nice to uh, accommodate myself, and we used to go up, some friends and I, five, six guys who go up at the Christmas break, I'd be back home in Illinois, and we'd go up to see a Blackhawks game, and Jay would take great care of us, and nice, sweet, and I got to sit with Stan Makita, uh, one of the games, and just talking to him, sitting there and talking to him, and I grew up watching and listening to the Blackhawks, reading about the Blackhawks, and of course, Makita was one of my favorites, and what a nice man, and just gave me some great insights into how hockey was when he broke in. And so, yeah, we were going to go tonight, and I think we were going to, I was going to take about five of the guys, and uh, it's going to be fun. We were going to go to the Palace Cafe, which is about three blocks from the United Center, and and, uh, and have dinner, and then go over see the game, and I'm sure Jay would have taken great care of us tonight, so that's kind of a downer, but uh, that would have been a great way to, to spend an off day, off night in the Windy City. Yeah, along the lines of what Blair asked you before, too, Denny, I, I went in those other stoppages, do you recall um, what what you did then to uh, to handle the curveball and, and how you how you got through those times? Did, did, did you have anything in particular that was uh, uh, either good for you or, or, or ways to provide diversions for fans? I'm not sure I, I quite understand the question, by just just how what do you recall about how uh, how you went through those other times where there were baseball stoppages? How you uh, what you did to process that time? Yeah, it was again. It, it kind of lapsed into the off season mode, and they came at different times of the year too. Um, of course, the big one was the year we lost the World Series, and that ended. Oh boy, what, late June? I'm thinking early July, and then the season was washed away. There was the, uh, the year of the substitute players when the players union and the owners couldn't agree, and then we had the substitute players coming to spring training and starting a season, and then that ended, and then you had another spring training. That was, that was different, but they all came at different times of the year, but you still, I guess I, I tell people, I say, when are you going to retire, and what are you going to do when you retire? And I said, well, you stop and think about it. My schedule goes from 1st of March, roughly, until the uh, 1st of October, and then from October until I go to spring training, I'm kind of retired. I mean, I, and I so I've always found ways to amuse myself or just alive. Got a, a lot of different interests, so it's not a problem. What are you going to do in the off season? There's always something to do, and I think it would be the same thing. And yeah, it was just again adjusting to the situation. You have no control over it, and you do the best you can. Well, there you go. There is part one and maybe part two next week. We'll see how yeah, well. No, that was good. He, he's a nice guy. He does. He sounds like a very nice guy. And he, um, I checked on Miss A while we were doing it. He was born um, on uh, November 14th, 1942. So he'll be 80 in the, about five or six weeks. So at that time, he was 77 years old when they recorded that in, 19, in 2020. And he sounded great. 
You know, he, he really sounded yeah. great. Their phone connection wasn't all that great, though, was it? It was okay. it, it was what it is what it, what it is. Well, it was COVID times. This was the beginning of Zoom, and people were on. You know, everybody remember you started to notice, and you still hear it now because people are still doing Zoom on the air. But you noticed everybody was on uh, on Echoes and on speakerphone. You know, it, the quality of the sound of things. I remember right at that time when they, a whole bunch of commercials were done that way, and they sounded so weird because people couldn't come into the studio, so they would do the commercials from wherever they could on their their iPhones and. Uh, they, it wasn't the best quality, but, you know, then things started to pick up a little bit as time went on. But it was, you know, those were the early days. That was just early April, late March. And, you know, we all just, we all remember what that was like. Oh, yeah. Well, imagine having to do the ball game and play-by-play stuff from your home, watching the game on a TV monitor, and that, and, and realizing that you might be missing yeah. things because you're not at the stadium. And well, it, that's I, right. I don't think there's any real way that you could do the game is adequately yeah. unless you're there. Well, that's, but. that's what that whole thing we talk about here sometimes, and I think it's pretty much over, but how some of the teams are hopefully you know, some of the real stick in the muds are, have fixed it, but not allowing their people to travel. I mean, I you know, uh, they say, oh, you could just do it on the monitor. No, it doesn't work that way, especially uh, in certain stadiums. The, the camera pickups aren't as good, and uh, you, you can't, uh, you know, they would say on the games, you know, oh, well, we thought it was this, but it's that because that's what, what we thought we saw but that's not what they're saying on the field or so, even or even like even like what we talked about last week kevin harlan down in the basement keeping his wife awake doing the late <laughs> night play by play that's right <laughs> well you had one uh, remember sean you had um uh, our friend uh, craig way was in where was he uh china or something doing a texas basketball game from no. his hotel room or something well, this was way before COVID. obviously he was in west virginia texas was playing west virginia playing west virginia in football but they were playing somebody in basketball in china but the local media could not go so he was in a hotel room in west virginia west doing virginia a texas doing a and china yeah texas and right. texas and california in china yeah yeah the night before the texas well, west you virginia know, football game you know when like they do the olympics those a lot of those announcers aren't really in the place where the olympics yep. are held and they well, do them and they're and in bro- studios in connecticut and new york and so and so they, they have to be real precise in how they do those cameras so or else they couldn't cover the event properly. Well, yeah, so. the 2000, well, they call it the 2020 Olympics, but they, they were held in 21, and, of course, COVID was still uh, rampant. And, yeah, they didn't go. They basically, well, the NBC was not there, you know? And even before, even before COVID, ESPN for certain smaller events, they were doing it from the studio. They were not sending them, a lot of people don't realize that they were not sending people to, like, say, to some of these, oh, Little the bowling stuff or things like that. They weren't sending them. And Brad Sham talks about doing FC Dallas games for soccer for TV. They said, yeah, they didn't send us on the road even before. He goes, we were there in the Fox Sports Dallas. We had a big blizzard here in 1978, and uh, about the middle of the week, Bob Cousy was out of town, so he was doing the color for the Celtics, and he was not uh, he was not stuck. He was uh, wherever he'd been. And so he got to Kansas City, where the Celtics were playing the Kansas City Omaha Kings. So he's in the building, and at back in the studio, I think it was Len Berman. It was either Len, I think it was Len, did the game. It was or he or Roger Twibell, one or the other. But one of the two was in the studio doing the play-by-play, and and Bob Cousy was at the at the at the arena, you know, uh, doing the live color. So that was well, pretty know, crazy. Back in the seventies, I got to be. I think it was seventy-seven. There was a big blizzard in Buffalo, and I know because I know it hit Syracuse as well, and there was. There was a radio uh, announcer named Ted Darling, who I believe he did. Yes. Now the uh, what's the name of the 
Buffalo team. Is it the Buffalo Sabres? Sabres. Sabres. Buffalo Sabres. And he was doing the play-by-play from his home because he couldn't get to the stadium to to do the play-by-play. So Mm -hmm. that that I do remember. Al, you have your hand raised. Can you unmute yourself, please? Okay, good evening. Uh, First, I want to thank Bill for uh, doing this interview. Thank you very much, Bill, for producing that. And looking forward to part two next week if you decide to do it. And second of all, uh, you mentioned, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about Jim Matthews uh, from Detroit. Being uh, well, that what a shocking uh, news uh, you mentioned. Oh yeah, I used to listen to him uh, during the all night before I went to bed. He was a pleasant guy to listen to do the news. I'm really gonna. Yeah. Too bad. I don't like starting. I mean, unfortunately, I, I hate starting the radio news with that. But that was really the biggest story that happened this this past week, Al. So, uh, you know, what can I say? I don't. As I said. So, well, I would yeah. imagine we'll find out it was probably something domestic, but who knows? Well, they said it was domestic. They said right. that the guy was welcomed into the home. He, they, they, the people who were the guy, the, he was murdered by someone that the family knew. Yeah, um, that's why they called it a domestic incident. So we, we well, don't know a much. High percentage more. thing. Uh, most people are. If there's a murder, many people are murdered by people they know. I know people have wanted the murder me, but I've been lucky to. Yes, talk they have, it. and uh, <laughs> we've been able to protect you with our our uh, legend security force. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And those are people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are family members. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, let's not go that far, John. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, uh, I know we're going to talk about this air check coming up, uh, uh, Chris and. Uh, I did an intro to it, so uh, uh, after you hear it, maybe you could do a little bit more background. Yeah, because I'm uh, you're curious about this. I do have to tell you, there's Mel Miller and Melvin X. Melvin were the two things. So Mel Miller was the program director, and he was on during the middays. But if they had enough DJs, there were times they'd bring in Bill Jones, the, Bill, the Jones boy, they called him a couple of different stints, then Mel wouldn't be on the air because, you know, if they got enough, if he could get uh, good old Mac Richmond to, to plunk down enough money to get enough DJs, he didn't have to do a shift. But if he did do a shift, He'd do it in the morning, you know, in mid mornings, you know. Well, so we'll see who we get. We could this have Mel- uh, this, Mel- this Melvin X, uh, not Melvin X, but this one who called himself Melvin was doing a show in the afternoon. So yeah, okay. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. It might be Jim McCrell who was one of the one of the guys, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, as I said, I don't know because obviously they didn't say their names. But the other one, the other announcer who had different uh, identities on WMEX was their morning guy named Fenway. We already know Ed Heider yeah. was one of them. And, and Jack, Jack Gale. Jack Gale was the other one, at least. And there were two yeah, of them. Yeah, there, there was one in the middle. I don't know who, what his name was. But, yeah, there were three of them. We almost got... Th- we almost got the wrong one, Jeff, but a good thing I doubled. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> I got you. We, we almost did. But we, we were saved like a cat this week. So okay. here we go, Jeff. We have more than one life to burn up here. I think. This week in my classic Antic segment, we're taking the virtual time machine back to September 30th, 1964. And we're going to listen to radio station WMEX AM in Boston, Massachusetts. The radio announcer is Melvin. However, many different jocks use the name Melvin or Melvin X Melvin. The reason that this radio station did this is because they didn't want to have to pay the jingle companies to record new jingles every time a radio announcer left the radio station. Listen to the newsman, Paul Smith, who ultimately went to Hartford, Connecticut, and later went to New York City, spending 30 years working at all-news radio station WINS AM in New York City. 
So here we go with another great air check from WMEX AM in Boston, Massachusetts from September 30th, 1964 on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Something to make you feel kind of fallish. Uh, that's the Gale Winds. The Egyptian combo did the thing for you. It's 4.30 and a half here on the new WMEX, and you're with Melvin as you're rolling home at 4.30 now. seem to think it's going to be much better tonight. Not as cool as it was last night. The low temperature will be about 60 degrees. Tomorrow, the high will be about 65. It'll be partly sunny all day tomorrow. It's going to be clear tonight. That's good news. 63 degrees now in the new Boston. And that's our weather word. Child, mild, child, mild, child, mild. Facts, there's only one ounce of pepper in every 5,000 francs. One ounce of pepper in every 5,000 francs. If Natural meat mildness, then you'll give the gem folks thanks for using one ounce of pepper to season 5,000 child mild gem francs. Child mild gem francs, child mild. Child mild francs, there's only one ounce of pepper and 5,000 francs, that's all. But oh, are those gem francs loaded with bodybuilding protein. Like all gem meats are, gem bologna, gem salami, liverwurst, sliced ham, pepper loaf, you name it. And you can put your kids on a gem protein kick. Start it today. Get in the habit of serving your family tasty, nourishing, protein-packed gem meats. Like those wonderful Franks, for example. You know the ones. Child, mild, gem Franks. Child, mild, gem Franks. Child. Dean Martin. He sings a pretty fair ballad when you prop him up. This is WMEX's Melvin. The traffic tellers in Boston inform us that bumper to bumper is the traffic condition right now on the central artery. Unusually heavy at this moment. All other traffic areas in and out of Boston reporting moderate to heavy traffic at the moment. That's the word at 4.35. Last year was the biggest year ever for the Dodge Boys. So what did they do for an encore? They come out with a lineup of 65 cars that is just sensational. And you know what? It looks like the Dodge Boys have got another winner. See the dependable Dodge dealer in your neighborhood. Drive the new Dart, the Coronet, the Polaro, the Custom 880, or the new showstopper of the year, Monaco. Remember, Dodge is priced model for model with Ford and Chevy. Only there's a lot more for your money in Dodge. You go see the Dodge Boys. The Dodge Boys. The Dodge Boys. To get the greatest deal, come see the Dodge Boys. Wonderful guys to deal with, wonderful folks to know. Wherever you are, hop in your car, come in and say some dope. See the Dodge Boys. The Dodge Boys. They're so dependable in every way. For the very best kind of a deal, get your very next automobile from the Dodge Boys. 
in just about two and a half minutes, WMEX's 2020 Instant News will be heard to keep you up to date with what's been going on the past few minutes. This is Chad and Jeremy. We're going to sing about what happened last summer. WMEX 2020 headlines. Two strikes loom as possibilities at midnight tonight in Massachusetts. The International Longshoremen's Union, which involves thousands of workers along the New England coast as well as New York and California, threatened to walk off their jobs tonight. In Greater Boston, 1,300 Boston Gas Company workers poised to strike at midnight also. WMEX marks the mercury at 64 degrees on the Gold Platter Show tonight. Clear and cooler, the low near 45. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cool. You've heard the story with Paul Smith on WMEX. Always first with the news. Now, the first bottle here is a bottle of beer. is ale. WMBX music to watch all the beautiful secretaries by on their way home from work tonight. It's 16 till 5 o'clock right now in Boston, and you're on. It's the new WMBX in the new Boston. Well, this year, your car's muffler and exhaust system will have to be in perfect condition to pass inspection. If your car should need a new muffler, save yourself time, trouble, and money by coming directly to Midas before you apply for your sticker. And here's why. Not only do Midas mufflers cost less than most mufflers, but chances are the inspection station won't or cannot give you the strong muffler guarantee Midas can. A written guarantee that's good for as long as you own your car. Should a replacement muffler ever be needed, there'd only be a service charge. Chances are, too, the inspection station cannot offer you no-wait 15-minute installation service. But Midas will, and without appointment. And chances are, the inspection station won't offer you instant credit with no down payments, no interest on mufflers, tailpipes, exhaust pipes, or shock absorbers. But Midas will. Remember, only Midas can sell you America's number one muffler and still save you money. Remember, for exhaust pipes, tailpipes, and shock absorbers for all cars, there are Midas muffler shops in Cambridge, Lynn, Malden, Watertown, Natick, and Quincy. In Quincy, your Midas muffler shop is at 100 McGrath Highway, just off the Southern Artery. Sonata 
Sinatra. Many people have said that Frank is so skinny that he can walk through a harp. <laughs> it's 12 till 5 o'clock, and this is Melvin on WMEX, 63 degrees in Boston. And it'll be clear tonight. Tomorrow, uh, it'll be partly sunny and not quite so cool. That's the latest word. In just six minutes from now, our WMEX news report at 4.55. Howdy, ma'am. Got your heart set on a new automatic washer? Then come on down here to your General Electric dealers. He's having a humdinger of a last chance roundup, and what excitement. Quiet, Dad. Dad, burn you. Keep it quiet. As I was saying, ma'am, your GE dealer is offering a whole corral full of last chance specials on 1964 General Electric washers, refrigerators, ranges, dishwashers, TVs, and stereos, too. If you're hankering for a new washer, he's got famous GE Filter Flow washers at eye-popping last-chance prices. You never see the like of it. Some of them even do little bitty washers you used to have to do by hand. Most of them have got all the highfalutin features that you like. And wait till you see the special last-chance deal on a big family size Filter Flow with two wash temperatures. The low price is plum local. So get down here to your GE dealers, because it's your last chance. Springfield. Oh, does she have a story to tell? Well, this Wednesday, September 30th, 1964, this is WMEX's Melvin, and that was Dusty Springfield. It's 8 till 5 o'clock right now. The amazing Joe Malone will be uh, calling us on our sports phone at 5.15 tonight. He'll no doubt have some acid comments to deliver as to the fate of Johnny Pesky, the manager of the Boston Red Sox. As you know, this coming Friday, the Red Sox are holding a press conference, and perhaps uh, the people tell us that there will be a new manager taking over as a result of the press conference. So stay tuned. We'll inform you as to all the latest. And Joe Malone, our man about sports in the new Boston, will tell you all that you need to know about it. And in just about three minutes from now, you'll hear all about the sports on the new WMEX. This is Dan Donovan announcing a new look in Peabody on Route 1. Bay State, New England's fastest-growing independent petroleum company, has another one in Peabody on Route 1. All 56 Bay State stations with the new look in service and satisfaction. And every product 100% guaranteed. Heading north, south, east, or west? Fill her up at the first pump Bay State station. Bay State Petroleum, the new idea company of New England. And I mean, you're going to hear the news in about two and a half minutes. That's what I meant to say. It's seven till five now. Cast your vote. Elect the only candidate who helps half a million greater Bostonians every year. Here's a clue. The candidate's initials are U, F. You're right. It's your United Fund. The candidate who helps half a million men, women, and children in greater Boston every year. When you vote for the United Fund ticket, your one pledge equals 199 donations, covers 199 different services, helps half a million greater Bostonians. I don't want to see you again. I don't want to see you again. WMEX Instant News Facts. Good afternoon for the Charlestown Savings Bank where more than 100,000 depositors say, that's my bank. This is Paul Smith reporting. 
The dark clouds of disagreement hang over negotiation sessions between the International Longshoremen's Union and shipping lines in New York City. As of now, it looks as though there'll be a longshoreman strike in Boston and several other East and West Coast ports at midnight tonight. In an exclusive interview with WMEX News on the hotline to New York, ILU Vice President Red Moran of Boston reacts to the news that the negotiations have broken off. I asked him if this were true. The international vice presidents were all standing by working directly with the panel in the event that the shipping companies want to change their attitude between now and 12 o'clock tonight. But as of... Right now, everybody in New England's getting instructions at 12 tonight, the strike is on. Red, do you think they'll change their mind? I, I'm very pessimistic about the whole thing. ILU Vice President Red Moran. Meanwhile, the French line says its giant passenger vessel, SS France, will not stop in Boston tomorrow if longshoremen go on strike. Some 700 passengers are scheduled to board the ship in Boston if the labor dispute is settled. Otherwise, they'll go to New York City and board the France there for the trip to Europe. In Greater Boston, some 1,300 Boston Gas Company workers poised to strike at midnight also. However, contract negotiations continue today in an 11th-hour effort to prevent a walkout. Two gunmen, one brandishing a silver-plated revolver, rob a jewelry store on Huntington Avenue in Roxbury. The gunman fled Tamazian's jewelry store after scooping up an undetermined amount of gems. Spent pistol shells and an abandoned car are the major clues at this hour as authorities hunt the man who shot and killed a service station attendant. Irving Hilton, 43 years old of North Andover, shot to death yesterday, shot five times, stabbed once. A gunman holds up the Newton Center branch of the Newton South Cooperative Bank shortly after noon. He escapes with several thousand dollars in cash. No one is hurt. More news in a moment. You can make your money make money for you. Make your money make money for you. That's just what your money will do. When you save at the Charlestown Savings for future that's bright and sunny. Save where interest beats more than money. Charlestown Savings. Five offices in Boston. Charlestown Savings. And one in Charlestown. The Charlestown Savings Bank. That's my bank. Looking for a good place to put your money to work? Well, you can stop looking because there's no better place than the Charlestown, where it earns generous quarterly dividends with insured safety. Six convenient locations wherever you live or work in Greater Boston. Or use Charlestown's convenient bank by mail plan if you prefer. Why not open your account today at the Charlestown Savings? My bank to over 100,000 depositors. Around the nation by Dateline in Camden, New Jersey. Health officials disclose 25 persons in New Jersey are stricken with a disease resembling encephalitis, sleeping sickness. It said two elderly women died after contacting the disease. The state health department said the outbreak was in the southern section of the state. A hurricane watch advised for the entire Louisiana coast eastward to Mobile, Alabama. As Hurricane Hilda moves toward that area, the storm packs winds of up to 80 miles an hour. Well, there's grumbling today on both sides of the aisle in Congress. It's a revolt against reluctance of the leadership to adjourn. Republicans question if it was part of a plot to keep them from going home to campaign. Democrats also express displeasure. They complain mainly it plans to keep Congress in session until the House votes on the president's Appalachia aid bill. 
Senator Goldwater is whistle-stopping through Ohio on the second day of a three-state Midwest campaign swing. In a speech prepared for Columbus, the GOP nominee said the U.S. is losing the war in Vietnam. In other news, President Johnson will campaign from coast to coast next week by visiting eight states, from North Carolina to California. A Senate committee reports on an investigation of farm manipulations by Texas tycoon Billy Saul Estes. The report itself is mild. It mentions no political favoritism, found no one guilty of fraud, recommends no disciplinary action. WMEX marks the mercury at 63 degrees on the Gold Platter Show under cloudy Boston skies. Winds northwest at 10 miles an hour. Tonight, clear and cooler. The low near 45 on the coast, near 38 inland. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cool. For the Charlestown Savings Bank, where more than 100,000 depositors say, that's my bank. On Wednesday, September 30th, at 5 p.m. with portions recorded, this is Paul Smith at your service. Wow, what a great air check. WMEX AM in Boston, Massachusetts, from September 30th, 1964, with their radio announcer Melvin and the news reporter Paul Smith. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is Jeff, that's J-E-F-F, Jeff, at allthingsradio.net. Or you can call that feedback line at 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595, ending option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. Well, there you go, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, Chris, your insights. Well, that was, that was J.J. Jeffrey. And uh, I thought it probably would be because I thought Jim McCrell was gone by that time. As a matter of fact, when uh, the Kennedy assassination happened, they got him on the phone because he was working in Dallas at that time, and he was telling them what was going on down there the year before. But anyway, um, yeah, that was K-Box. good. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's, of course, KBLX the station that broke the news. They're, they're the ones that had the mobile unit there, yeah. you always hear. And Clifton, but, too, both of them had mobile units. They had uh-huh. all sorts of mobile units driving. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway... I, uh, we had our, our the goofiest commercial there ever was was right there at the beginning, with the one ounce of pepper in every five thousand francs. So his job was to divide, uh, uh, you know, uh, this pepper into five thousand. What do I do? Oh, I'm a pepper divider. I have five thousand little containers, and I have to put them here. And these hot dogs come down, and I put the one. Yeah, okay, guys. That well, was, do you, do you remember the commercial when it aired, Chris? By chance? Or oh, absolutely. It? Oh, we all laugh about it. We all sing it. Yeah, it's Jim Frank. Oh, sure, absolutely. That's one of the funniest commercials I ever heard. And they don't. They do it all straight. Jay, you know, Melvin there just doing it straight and everything. Now, the other thing that we heard, we heard Jan Dunham for FIL fans, so you wouldn't get bored. Not only did we have J.J. Jeffrey who worked there, we had Dan Dunham wander in and do a commercial. That was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, of course, he was the third Dan Dunham, and he was the one that went to FIL. And then we, we've had a, a air, air checks with him. And the, the United Fund guy was Jess Kane. He was the morning man on WHDH, very popular show in the morning. And, uh, Emmy, you know, MEX was popular. HGH did well. BZ did well. I mean, really, radio was cooking in 1964. You know, obviously, uh, HGH was middle of the road. But BZ was doing well, too. And he, and look at all those national spots, MEX. It seems they like doing okay. in this... In Hold this, on a second, uh, Gary. Let Chris finish. Uh, okay. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead, Gary. No, I, I was just going to say the music seemed to be kind of down tempo on that air check. I thought for, so, for that late in the day. Yeah, but, but yeah. I, I think what they did, if, if you listen to WMEX and, and Arnie Ginsberg would have followed Melvin, ex-Melvin, he would have been on it uh, from 7 to... 8 o'clock. He didn't come eight, on until eight, 8 o'clock, yeah. From mm-hmm. 8 to eight to 11 yeah, or 8 to midnight. 8 to 10. 
So you, you, yep. you, would have, you would have found that Arnie Ginsberg played more up-tempo music, because I used to listen to WMEX at that well, time. Well, he was playing yeah. the top songs of the day. The door was still open, you know, was, and uh, Chad and Jeremy's song was up there. Pretty Woman was in there, and, you know, he was playing... Uh, he was playing what was near the top of the survey, and uh, you know, not playing too many uh, off the off the beam there. And he was doing a mellow. Oh, no, he always, there were a lot of, a lot, of yeah. a lot of British invasion things missing, and some Motown yeah. and Beach Boys. No, and Beach yeah, 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 they no, were in, but of course, we only heard about half an hour, and he had a lot of commercials to deal with too. He wasn't, uh, you know, uh, we we heard about half an hour, and he probably had about uh, half of it was commercial time for one and, thing and another, and, and the news uh, break-ins, too. And also, a lot of times, the radio owners felt in the, that they could get that older audience, and that's why they that's why they t- tailored their music at that point for that particular... Yeah, it was drive time, and, you know, they tried to... They covered the traffic in a very, uh, you know, uh, stupid way. Now, the only ones who had a traffic copter was uh, WHGH at that time, and that was Kevin O'Keefe, who was the original Dan Dunneman. By that time, he was doing the traffic copter on HGH and later went over to EEI. But uh, we really didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't get traffic reports like you do nowadays from everybody. That's true. Charles, I believe it's you, 410. Go ahead and unmute yourself, please. Yes, how is everybody? Good. Good. Get to the okay. point, Charles. What's going on? Yeah, real quick. The commercials I loved, those yeah. are real commercials. And. I like that Dodge Boys commercial. Girl. That yes, I love that. Syndicated. I've always liked that. That March, I always think of that. You know, the March, and that's back when they used to hear marches like that for commercials. They figured it, it to get men buying those cars because they were used to those marches on the football games. Used to have it, the halftime shows and all that. And the Colt Forty Five Malt Liquor, a completely mm-hmm. unique experience. It came out yeah, of Baltimore, Baltimore. Didn't it, Charles. Yes, yeah. they did. National yeah. Brewing Company. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that and, of course, National Beer. I used to like those yeah. commercials for the, you know, on the Orioles games. Yep. You know it. But what that's, I liked about that's the commercials. Oh, go ahead, Bob Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, and that bank commercial, that was kind of neat, too. I was um, my bank. And com- I was the first bank I had when we, we, we moved into Cleveland. When I moved into Cleveland Circle in uh, 1975, that was my bank, you know, and there were six offices. And now, the thing that's funny about that is Charleston is really part of Boston, but that's fine. Six offices in Boston and one in Charlestown. But they were very nice in that bank, and I had a good experience with, with that was my bank, Charlestown. And those bank. banks are gone. There's no such thing as a small independent bank anymore. I know it. I know. I know. I got a nice one now. Okay. All right. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you know, Chris, I think, I think... When I listen to WMEX, I wish we. I don't have a lot of the older air tricks, and I have more. I think I have more air tricks of Jerry Williams on WMEX than I do of anything else. I mean, I do uh-huh. have. Uh, I do have Ed Heider, and I do have Don Parker, and I have uh, John Garabedian. Oh yeah, I, I think I even have uh, Dick Summer. I mean, may may have done some work at WMEX. Yeah, he did. He did. He wrote. He was the program director briefly in '69. Yep. That's so right. we do have a, a bit of WMEX, but. Uh, but I think the commercials were better in them. I have a thing that I collect. It's from a guy I subscribe to on YouTube, and every and he comes out with these things called uh, radio commercials, and they're volumes, and they're about ten minutes each. And when you listen to the commercials, they certainly sounded a lot better back then, in a sense. But of course, times have changed, and and, and we don't see the commercials the same way. But if you were to go overseas and you were to go to England or to Latin America, you'd find that there are more jingles on the radio commercials and television commercials than we have uh, to here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Walter, can you yeah. unmute yourself, please? As it happened while Walter's unmuting, we didn't have any cigarettes. We had there beer, we, we had uh, cars, with no cigarettes. Go ahead, here, Walter. Walter. Hey. Hey. Go ahead. Um, 
Well, for, I was I guess I was kind of curious. What did they mean by the new Boston? I mean, I guess Okay, the, yeah, I was going to that thank you for asking. Okay, what had happened was in the late 50s and early, early 60s there was a feeling that Boston was getting kind of old-fashioned and whatever. So there was a, an area called Scully Square, and that was uh, the uh, sort of the strip area at the time. It moved up further into Park Square and became the combat zone later. Uh, combat, uh, because of the gangsters, started to fight over it. But that's another story. But So Scully Square was taken down, and the government center was built then. And the whole, uh, you know, the federal government came in and built a big JFK building, a couple other buildings, and they created government center plaza. Also, in uh, that time, in about 62, the Prudential Center opened in, uh, you know, near, uh, you know, in Boylston Street, right in the middle of Boston. And uh, that opened, that was the tallest building until John Hancock built another building. So this was Mayor Collins. He and uh, there were fights about it because people didn't like there was there had been a neighborhood called the West End that was destroyed by urban renewal. This was a big thing in after the war where they wanted to try to make the cities a little more modern, yuppify them to some degree. Uh, but this was what the new Boston was about. And that's what the, the slogan was at the time. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris, you know. Larry Glick used to play a song called Scully about Scully Square. Yeah, and old I, Scully Square. That's and unfortunately, right. I can't find about. a copy of that to save my life. And if you know of anyone that has it, uh, I don't know who did it. I don't remember who did it. And uh, you know, yeah, Larry used to play all kinds of cool stuff. But that's one of them. That's right, the old old Scully Square. But he never he and, never said who did it. That was and the it's thing. mentioned in the song. If you remember Charlie the MTA, the Scully Square station, and he, ch- and he changed for Jamaica Plain. So that was back when that was still in existence. It was. Later, now it's the government center station. I've been to that station uh, when I when I visited uh, my friend in Holbrook at the time. We took a we took a trip into into Boston. We went to um, I forgot where it was. Maybe oh we went to the, we went to the uh, Boston Museum of Music. I don't know what it was. Well, we we also went to uh, you know, the headquarters of uh, National Braille Press because that's where the visually impaired bl- uh, blind computer users group used to meet. So uh, oh, that's right. They did meet there for many years. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm going to give it over to Bill because we're going to travel. I don't. Where? What do I tell? I always tell uh, my stepdaughter Adriana when it's springtime in Alaska, it's 40 below, and she hasn't below. seen. Yeah. She hasn't seen the cold weather yet. So, but I'll give that to you, Bill, and we can travel to Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> I thought I was a little disappointed, but at least there was some content in the morning show. I was a little disappointed, but I thought maybe there might be a spark of something different radio-wise up there, but. I real I should realize that that I'm just hoping for hope. Got, the consultants have snowshoes too, uh, Jeff. And they can get I know, up there. of course, yeah. I know. But why did why didn't you have to why didn't you have to tell me that? I already yeah. knew that. Go, go ahead. I'll turn it over to you, Bill. We want to thank everybody for participating. Thank you, panel. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for all the callers, and we'll be back next week, but not until we take care of this from Jeff in Alaska. So thank you, everyone. Here we go, and it's time for that cup of coffee, Jeff. Thank you. This week in my featured station segment, we're taking a trip to Alaska, a state we haven't visited very often on All Things Radio Live. And we're going to listen to a radio station that's owned and operated by iHeartMedia. It's KYMG-FM in Anchorage, Alaska, with an adult contemporary format. The radio announcer we're going to hear is Mark Murphy. And although this radio station sounds like many of the other iHeart radio stations, Mark Murphy does try to put some personality into the morning show. So without further ado, why don't sit back and enjoy Mark Murphy on KYMG-FM from Anchorage, Alaska, on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Broadcasting from the 
GCI Studios. Magic 98.9 is KYMG Anchorage. Alaska's total traffic on Magic 98.9. Looking at the Alaska total traffic cameras for this Thursday morning. Steady traffic coming inbound on the Glen Highway past my Peters Creek and Way Station cameras. Once you're in town, though, traffic is moving smoothly. If you see traffic problems on the road, dial pound 250 on your cell and say total traffic. For Alaska's total traffic, I'm Daryl Dean. I listen everywhere. On my phone. Online. I'm listening all the time. Magic 98.9 an iHeartRadio station. Magic 98.9, magic989fm.com. Playing Alaska's best variety, Elton John, together with Dua Lipa, making some beautiful music. That is Cold Heart. And uh, one thing my daughter wants to do uh, is see Elton John. She's turning 18 in December, and it's Elton John's final tour. And she says, I want to see Elton John. I said, well, uh, there are plenty of other artists out there to go see. I love Elton John, but I've already seen Elton John. Uh, but... She really wants to see Elton John. So uh, I think we're going to try and find a place to go check out his final show. Of course, he's doing North America and uh, then heading back over to Europe. And, and that's it. He's going to wrap things up. No more on the road. He said he may still do some music, but uh, no more touring for Elton John. So I'll keep you updated and, and let you know uh, where it is we uh, finally get a chance to see Elton. Uh, we got lots going on this morning. We're creeping up on the weekend. Thursday is here. Uh, your PFDs hopefully are in your pocket or have you spent them already. Uh, your forecast on the way next. No rain, by the way, today, at least so far. Uh, your forecast is next here on Magic 98.9. Alaska's total traffic on Magic 98.9. That's your DOT update on Alaska's total traffic. I'm Daryl Dean. This report is sponsored by Anchorage Radiation Oncology Center. More continuous music now Alaska's best variety Magic 98.9 You and me Magic 98.9 magic989fm.com always playing Alaska's best variety Gwen Stefani and no doubt there with Don't Speak and Gwen uh, working hard again on the set of The Voice as a coach right now. Apologize. It's Tim Milan and One Republic on Magic 98.9. I'm holding on your rope, got me ten feet off the ground. More music, more variety. All my favorites. Variety lives here. Magic 98.9. We Magic 98.9, magic989fm.com. Little red, red wine this morning to get you up and going. That is UB40, IB Mark. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning us in. We get your birthdays just around the corner. Uh, to get those birthdays in, by the way, just uh, email me, markmurphy at iheartmedia.com, or uh, get to the website, magic989fm.com. And click on the birthday tab. We'll run those down for you here in just a couple of minutes. And a reminder that the Alaska Bride and Groom's premier event, the uh, fall wedding show, is finally returning. It's been a while. 
Uh, it's coming back Sunday, October 2nd from noon to 5. It'll be at the Alaska Airlines Center. Always a great place for an event. And as a wedding exhibitor, the fall wedding show is an exciting afternoon to showcase your wedding and honeymoon products and services and uh, show the brides and grooms what you got. Get your exhibitor application now at alaskabride.com. Again, your birthdays are on the way here on Magic 98.9. Alaska's total traffic on Magic 98.9. For Alaska's total traffic, I'm Daryl Dean. This report is sponsored by the UPS Store. Thursday. Loving it. Weekend just around the corner. Scott Bayo from Happy Days and Joni Loves Chachi. He is 62 today. Joan Jett. I love rock and roll. I love birthdays. Joan Jett is 64. Bonnie Hunt is 61. Uh, Tony Basil. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Uh, she is 79. And Tom Felton, he played Draco Malfoy in the uh, Harry Potter films. He is 35 today. And we do have a local birthday. Sarah Daniels having a birthday. Sarah, happy birthday to you. This is from all your work buddies. Uh, They love you and hope you have the best day ever. Uh, You'll be qualified now for that official uh, drawing at the end of the month. A $200 gift card for uh, somebody who's having a September birthday. Uh, That's from Apricot Lane Boutique in the 5th Avenue Mall. All you have to do to be eligible is get your birthdays in. If you want to do it for a co-worker or uh, maybe somebody in the family or yourself, that's okay. Uh, Just get it to me quickly. Mark Murphy at iHeartMedia.com or go to the website, magic989fm.com. And click on the birthday tab. You could win from Apricot Lane Boutique in Magic 98.9. If you're celebrating on this 22nd day of September, happy birthday to you. Magic 98.9. Follow us on Facebook and click like. Memories bring back, memories bring back your variety. We're available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Alaska's Best Variety. Magic 98.9. Magic 98.9. Magic989FM.com. Playing Alaska's Best Variety. Love Pat Benatar. Love is a battlefield. And Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo will be hanging out in Vegas this weekend. Yeah. It's our iHeartRadio Music Festival. I cannot believe it's actually happening this weekend. We've been talking about it forever. Gave away a lot of trips down to see our iHeartRadio Music Festival. This weekend, it is actually happening. You can see uh, Pat Benatar, Neil Giraldo, Avril Lavigne, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, two are probably the biggest country artists out there. Uh, Nicki Minaj, Megan Thee Stallion, LL Cool J, Sam Smith will be there, Black Eyed Peas. It is going to be a huge party, and if you can't make it down there in person uh, and you're going to end up uh, you know, being here like myself, uh, you can check it out if you're out driving around uh, tomorrow night and Saturday. You can hear it on 101.3 KGOT, our sister station. You can always watch it on the CW app as well and CWTV.com. It's happening tomorrow night and Saturday our iHeartRadio Music Festival. More details on the website at magic989fm.com. Alaska's total traffic on Magic 98.9. Want more music variety? Let's go. We're Alaska's best variety. Magic 98.9. Bye. 
98.9 KYMG FM from Anchorage, Alaska, and their morning host, Mark Murphy. Next week, we're traveling back to Alaska, and we're going to visit Fairbanks, Alaska, and hear what radio sounds like in that city. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, or if there's a radio station that you'd like me to feature, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things Radio Live on the Worldwide Legend.